thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Um, masks are they keeping I'm keeping going keep right wonderful there wonderful uh, masks and microphones and hair do not mix Johnny doesn't have this problem um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know me I am Roz I am Johnny's wife and uh, yeah woo woo yeah he, he thinks he's getting a day off today no um, it's really ironic um, that Johnny has asked me to speak today to you guys on Psalm 27 because it is a psalm of confidence, which I am absolutely not right now. But anyway, um, so the theme of this psalm is trust and confidence, um, but it's also a psalm of lament. Um, and a lot of them are, in fact, two thirds are a little bit mourny, to be fair. Um, and the theme of um, Psalm 27 is longing to be in the Lord's presence um, and ex- uh, expectation in that waiting and trusting and hoping and recognizing that God's timing is always perfect. So David, who wrote the psalm, um, has a primary focus on God Um, And his personal situation is secondary. The strength of his faith is expressed in his openness to God's instruction and timing and God's priorities. And throughout, throughout Psalm 27, David's higher purpose is to seek God's faith, his presence. His enemies or hard situations may take our attention away from God, but it's all about being intentional that it doesn't. In this psalm, Johnny specifically asked me to look at trust. That's a firm belief in the reality and reliability of what we trust, the truth or the ability of someone or something. So trust with a biblical perspective is faith and it's encapsulated in what is often can be seen as just a familiar verse tucked in Hebrews 11. Faith is being, come on, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So Johnny thought that he was going to sit back, in fact Joel as well, and enjoy this morning's service, but no, I'm going to ask them both to come up. Um, And we can do this safely, obviously, because we're in a household bubble. Um, But uh, just to demonstrate, um, right at the start, um, I like the fact that you've taken your shoes off, Joel, fantastic, lovely Mia cat socks. Um, It's a a visual illustration to trust in the Father, yeah? So, Joel, I know it's hard, 
but I need you to trust your dad right now. He's getting ready. He's like, Mum, I've got, I've got really expensive equipment in my pocket, Mum. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to ask Joel to trust his dad. His dad is going to catch him. He is going to catch you, Joel. Trust me, he is. He is. Right? So he's going to just lean back, and Johnny is going to catch him as his dad. Go for it. Oh, that was good. That was good. I think, I think we could go a bit further back. I think we could go a bit further back, yeah? A little bit more trust. Go for it. Oh... Do you think we could go a little bit further back? A little bit further back. Trust me. Look at me, Joel. Trust me. Yeah, he's there. Promise you, he's right there behind you. Off you go. Yay! Well done, guys. Thank you very much. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, Johnny didn't trust Joel. No. <laughs> So I want to read to you from the first part of Psalm 27, um, and then I'll un attempt to unpack it a bit by bit as we work through the psalm. But just Psalm 27 and verses 1 to 3, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold in my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. So the other morning, um, it was quite foggy when we woke up. Um, and as we waited for the day to progress, actually it started clearing, and it was a beautiful day. So I want to look today and encourage you in trusting God. David was trusting God even when the odds were stacked against him. On that day, when it was foggy, um, he had a fearless trust in God. And sometimes we pray hard against our fears, don't we? Our worst nightmares, we pray for them to just go away. And sometimes God does calm that storm. Other times, though, he calms us in the middle of that psalm. psalm. So this psalm is written in a season of trouble, Yet, it's a song of triumph and confidence. And David, although he appeared to be in the dark times, it wasn't because he had the light and the salvation of his God. God rescues time and time again out of the darkness. But sometimes, it's keeping us in that same place, but illuminating it um, where we see that he is noticed in that moment. So David would have been a skilled warrior, a man of impressive physical strength. He was a looker, you know, a bit like Brad Pitt, David Clooney, uh, uh, David Clooney, George Clooney even, uh, getting a bit excited there, and uh, Johnny Harrison. He wrote that, he added that. He added that into my notes when he looked at them. Um, so, <laughs> Corey's killing himself up there, yeah, yeah. And uh, in Samuel, it tells us that he was of fine appearance, handsome features, he was skilled, he had godly wisdom, and the Bible said that he is a man after God's own heart. 
He killed lions, he killed bears, and as a boy, and he killed Goliath, didn't he? With a pebble, a little pebble. But he recognized his abilities weren't his strength, but were always through God's strength. So he faced fearless um, in all he faced. He appeared to have it all, but he still faced trouble and difficulty. So in verse 2, when enemies advanced, when enemies attacked, when enemies besieged, I had to look that up. It, uh, if you don't know what it means, it means when they surround you, yeah? If you're a bit like me, but hey, you're all looking at me as if so, no, no, I know exactly what besiege means, but anyway. Um, but David says, my heart will not fear. When war breaks out against me, I will be confident. David knew a strength that was greater than anything that this world will bring. We might trust in things, in our own wisdom, experience, friends, family, resources, but it won't be enough because you will be let down. As God is his strength, his light, his salvation, he has no reason to fear. And the same goes for us too. David remembers the past, how God has proven himself reliable and trustworthy, and he is confident in God, and his confidence is battle-tested, yeah? It's not about fair-weather faith, yeah? In easy circumstances, David did not have a comfortable life, despite his riches and his, uh, his position, David was a man who knew God's goodness in danger and despair. In verse 2, we're still on verse 2, sorry guys, but it says um, about devouring my flesh. If you look at it, echoes of what Goliath said to David. Check it out in Samuel 1, 17. David could write this now and sing out in confidence, like I said before, because he was battle-tested. Enemies stumble and fall like Goliath. Why? Not because of David and because of his strength, but because of God. His trust was in God and defied all odds. He took down a nation's army with a pebble. Should have brought one, a little tiny pebble. I believe at that point he was growing his faith massively. Because at that point, he was building his trust. God knew that he only needed one stone. But he allowed David to choose five. Yeah? And he put them in his little pouch. But God planted the first one right where it was needed to be to defeat Goliath. The other four were just that trust builder that he could look back on. You know, if I was David, I was thinking about it, I would have kept them four stones as a bit of a reminder to trust in God, that he does it the first time, um, just how he needs to, and that he doesn't need backup. Confidence in the Lord shows that David is not afraid. His care, there is no fear in his care. Romans 8, Paul has that same confidence. Whatever he faced, his confidence um, that nothing could separate him from God's love, yeah? Trusting God through all circumstances. Verses 1 to 3 acknowledges God at the center of his life because in God's presence, 
Um, with him, David faces issues with, uh, with confidence, he's not intimidated, and his security is not damaged. It made me think of where we find security. Um, now, Johnny, being from Manchester, had a very different view on security than what I did living up north in, you know, Barrow. And uh, very romantically, he uh, once bought me a steering lock for my car, um, just when we were going out. Um, and I'm like, uh, cheers, what was that for? Um, what on earth is it, first of all? But uh, being part of Johnny's family as well, I'd never heard of burglar alarms in houses before, you know, but they lived in Manchester, you know, and uh, not quite as trusting as what we are up in Barrow. I mean, you know, I lived in Dalton. We didn't need things like that. Um, I'm always leaving my keys in my car. And... Uh, even in the ignition. Um, in fact, the other, way, other day, um, I couldn't find them, Corey, could I? Um, when Corey came to unload my car at work and eventually found them in my ignition of my car. So uh, now I've mentioned it, Johnny said I need to stop doing that because it's like, you know, you all know now. And uh, So anyway, but verses four to six, um, I'll read them to you. And, uh, but it'd be really good, Johnny, if you could just bring me my glass of water because I've forgotten it. it's under my chair. Thank you. So it says, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. Thank you. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and he will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Yeah, I'm just going to have a sip of water. Excuse me, they don't do this on the films, do they? So he's searching and enjoying the Lord's presence and this is what provides him with confidence and the security that he has. The assurance of God's protection looks forward to offering sacrifices joyfully and with praise, holding his head high, that sign of victory. David's desire for God's presence, that desire to seek and dwell and experience the goodness and greatness of God, he thinks of how wonderful them experiences are. Verse 4, to behold the beauty of the Lord, that nature and presence of God, David could not think of anything better to fill his heart with and his mind with. Riches are revealed in seeking God's heart. He inspires us to love and to mirror him. And we need to recognize that it isn't all about being in a fancy building or an ornate temple, no matter how beautiful this building now is. For David, it would have still been a tent. That glorious temple was still to be built by his son Solomon. So it was all about being close to God, but not being in a place, but being in a very special way as we seek him. 
We know through Jesus, it was shown in part here in this psalm, it's not about coming to seek God in a particular building because we've seen that in COVID that it can be shut. So what then? It's about choosing to seek God's presence anywhere. Now, yes, there is something special about us worshipping together like we are today, um, but it can't be the only focus. We have access to God through Jesus, direct access, not like in the Old Testament through a priest, but direct access. We can experience God's beauty anytime, any place, anywhere. Blessings in God's presence. Verse 5, in the King James Version, it says, and I think it was Alan that pointed this out, he will hide me in his pavilion. Yeah, we're in the pavilion. I love it. I believe it's a prophetic um, word for us, of this, uh, for as a church, for this building. We believe we stand in here today in his pavilion, but I believe it's more than that. When we prayed about this building, every time, without fail, we ended up praying for people instead. Even when the focus was praying specifically about the building or the building work, or the money for the building work, we, we were always praying. We were directed to the people, the church, the people in the community. People, people, people was what we kept hearing, not the building. Hide in his pavilion. I believe that that is the body of the church and the church people who gather round us when we face troubles and trials and difficulties. God uses people to show us God's care. But we need to be careful that we aren't reliant on people, but that we're fully reliant on Jesus. But this is a safe place, a place where we can stand together and praise God, where we can be encouraged and lift our gaze from our struggles to a God who is worthy of our praise. Um, on then days of trouble to keep offering praise, Verse 6 says, shouts of joy, not whispers, not thoughts, but shouts. David knew that there were special blessings and protections for the ones who earnestly seek him. No promise to prevent trouble, but to give us security in it. He keeps me safe in his dwelling in the days of trouble. He sets me high on a rock. We will know his safety and his security on a solid foundation, head lifted high. Fear and shame lowers our head, doesn't it? We slump, we feel ourselves worthless and downtrodden. And is that is what you feel today. If that is what you feel this morning, fearful, shameful, worthless, downtrodden, Jesus lifts your head. Hope and trust lifts our head. Doubt and worries pull us down. But don't take your eye off the ball, is the phrase. Don't take your eye off Jesus. David was filled with the attitude of gratitude. I love that phrase. A way of thinking thankful. Daily choice to be thankful whatever we face. The last week I've been studying um, 
with a, with, um, a math study, Mission Aviation Fellowship, if you've ever heard of them. Um, and it's a study called Recalibrate. Uh, recalibrate means putting things back on course, freshen them up um, when things go adrift, making small changes to put you back on track. And this study I've used in my quiet time, and I've been looking at God's character and how we better align ourselves to him. And when looking um, at Jesus and him being bold and courageous and his life and what that courage would mean in my life, about making decisions that realign and recalibrate us um, to the design that we were created for, which is to praise and worship the King of Kings. And I'd just been thinking of this gratitude that David had in this psalm, and they followed on with that same theme in this math study that day was on gratitude. And I love it when God uses the same message um, because we need to take notice, a habit to build on. So habits can be good, like brushing your teeth or getting to work on time, um, but we can also have bad habits. After nearly 25 years of marriage, I know, I don't look old enough, I was a child bride, um, but we won't go into bad habits, will we, Johnny? No. Um, but let's build on a habit of gratitude. Over Lent, that's what I saw some people doing on Facebook, 40 days of giving thanks. But let's not just do it for 40 days and stop. I'm told it takes around 40 days to embed a good habit. So let's try it on days 41, 42, 43, 900, you know, as well. Often we can be so fixed on what we face, we find it difficult to be thankful, but it's a habit that we need to cling onto, to trust God in the midst of circumstances that we don't understand. Giving thanks can really help build faith and trust. He has done it. Yay! That was the reminder from Johnny last week. He has done it. So why do we think that the things that we're going through right now, that he can't do something about it, that he can't help us or he won't help us? He can't lift us out of this darkness. He can, he has, he has done it. Yay! Johnny told me a, a Hudson quote tailor from a book that he'd been reading uh, that when we walk with God, the, the situation can go from impossible to difficult to done. Yeah? So the depression that you face day in, day out, probably made worse through COVID, that you don't want to go out or face people or even get up, he has victory over it. He has done it. That cancer diagnosis or a loved one um, that has got cancer, he has victory over it. He has done it. The loneliness that you face, even in a room full of people like today, he has victory over it. He has done it. The lack in your bank balance in financial difficulties you face, he has victory over it. He has done it. The job that you've lost, the life that you long for, he has victory over it because he has done it. The addiction that you face, the cravings that you have right now, he has victory over it because he has done it. 
Yeah. Nothing, absolutely nothing is too difficult for him because we live in the in-between, that place be between what has already been done and what is to come. But we don't live in that place alone. We have God right there with us. And I am so thankful for that, that he helps us. He helps me. He teaches us. He teaches me. He guides us. He guides me. He never leaves us. He never leaves me. I'm saying this to myself just as much as to you. So we've got to the middle of the psalm, verses 7 um, to 12. Let's have a read of that. And also, while we do, let's read it remembering that things were not easy for David. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face, your face, O Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me, do not turn from your servant in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject or forsake me, O Lord, O God, my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes or false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. He requests the Lord's mercy, presence and instruction. But even someone like David, who chased after God, who was really seeking God all the time, got distracted and had moments, I'm sure that you can relate to, where you felt that God didn't hear him straight away or even at all. And it says, do not hide your face from me in verse 9. In this psalm, he doesn't turn away from God or even get angry. He just sought God more desperately. Don't reject or forsake me. Echoes of Jesus on the cross. Jesus in human form on the cross. Ask God, why was he forsaking him? Both Jesus and David, though, would know that God is always there. And there is a certainty in this. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 reflects the answer to this cry. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Did you hear that? He will never leave you or forsake you. So whatever you're worried about, whatever consumes you today, you may have read these verses time and time again, or you may not have ever heard them verses before, but today you need to hear them. Not only that, you need to take them on board. You need to run with them, knowing that whatever you face that knocks you down, that takes you to that pit of despair or blows your world apart, he gives you courage in that storm. He will never leave you or forsake you. You have a choice to make. Will you acknowledge him and trust him? Choose to let him show you what he can do in your life. I recently spoke to a girl who has lost everything and it was 
it was heartbreaking to hear her story. She couldn't look after her own children. They'd been taken from her. She had friends walk away. She had family members die because of addictions and another one that was heading away. And she, in that midst of that huge battle, um, was also battling drug dependency herself. And she said that she tried everything and nothing had worked. No matter what, what her destruction um, through her choices was making in her life, it had taken over and she felt powerless. The addiction had just got such a hold on her. And we said to her, what about Jesus? She hadn't tried him um, and that he could help her because he's already done it. And he loves her so much. And in that moment, she felt maybe that was the answer. Maybe Jesus could change her life. She had heard of a friend um, that had looked into Jesus and he was working um, in that life and suggested then maybe just maybe this is something that she needed to try too. I believe that Jesus can and will make a difference in that young mum's life, that he will rescue her from that pit, um, but she has to allow him. Jesus will not barge into your life. He will wait for you. He can make the difference, and if you've tried everything else and it hasn't worked, maybe it's time for you to try him. Or even better, make him your first option. Make him your first choice. Because I guarantee that it'll be the difference that you've longed for. Might not be instant, but it will happen because he has done it. Thank you, you're still awake. In verses 11 and 12, David is asking for guidance. Teach me your ways, lead me. He wasn't to live, um, he wanted to live God's way. He wasn't asking for an easy life. He was just asking for one with a sure foundation in God's love, wanting God to teach him, to show him his ways, something that we all do need to strive for. When I think of the last part of this psalm, I think it's got to be my favorite part. I'm going to read it to you now, verse 13 and 14. It says, I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What a statement, what confidence. That is what I want to have to have that faith and trust in God that whatever I see around me now, the chaos, the hurt, the pain, that I will see God's goodness, that he is a good God. He is a good, good father that never leaves us. That confidence only comes when we trust and fully pass over our lives to God to allow him to fight our battles. Then, we will have our eyes open and truly see how good he is. He is faithful, he is true, because that's his character. You may have missed it as we skim, uh, as we read over it, because often we skim over a word. But I believe that there's a word in them verses that is an absolute game changer for me. I've read this verse and this psalm again and again and again over the last few weeks. 
Because if I'm honest, I didn't really want to be studying today because I wasn't confident that what I felt I was going to say was right or even relevant to anyone and that I was good enough um, or strong enough to do this. And the easy thing was to say to Johnny that he'd have to do it. Um, in fact, trust me, that was a thought in my mind even when I was sat over there. Um, so actually the words on my lips um, over the last few days was I can't do it. Um, so it's ironic that this psalm really um, is saying it all. It's all about trust. It's all about confidence to God and not in our own strength. But I said there's a game changer word in here um, for me, that no matter what David faced, the struggles he had, whether of his own doing, because some of them were, or whether there were circumstances completely out of his control because of other people's decisions, um, he didn't just say, I am confident. He said, I am still confident. That's the game changer. No matter what he'd been through, no matter what he was currently facing, he said he was still confident. Why? Because he trusted. Remember, said earlier, he was battle-tested. The psalm finishes with verse 14, how we, can, how we can get that confidence. Wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. How often do we say it to our children? If you'd have just have waited, yeah? But waiting is hard, isn't it? Um, it can be long, it can be boring, it can be tiresome. And it's back to that marshmallow test that Johnny mentioned the other week. Children given that marshmallow to look at, but told if they waited and they didn't eat it, when the parent came back in the room, they would be given the whole packet. And the children really struggled when the parents left the room. They would sniff it, they would touch it, they might even lick it. And eventually, they'd eat it. Do you feel that God is out of the room? That you're waiting and you're staring at that marshmallow, that problem, that distraction, that easy fix? Don't eat the marshmallow. Don't even touch it or sniff it or lick it or look at it because it is a distraction from the abundant blessings that God wants to give you. If you feel like he's left the room, he's still there. He's still watching you. He's still looking out for you. And he's wanting you to miss out. He's waiting for you. And he will bless you so much. I am still confident of this. That I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. To live by faith and trust means to wait patiently. To trust even when life is not pleasant, when the future in him is safe and secure. Corrie Ten Boom once said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. There are so many quotes about trust. Google it. Johnny Erickson Tara, who is paralyzed almost completely after a freak swimming accident with her friends as a young woman, said this. Faith isn't the ability to believe long and far into a misty future. It's simply taking God at his word and taking the next step. 
Isn't that ironic? Because physically, she could not take a step. But spiritually, she can, and she did. And because of that, thousands of people have heard the good news of Jesus. She could have given up and blamed God for her accident. But somewhere through her battle, somewhere she made that decision that she needed to trust God with a plan for her life. Certainly wasn't how she imagined it or dreamed it would be, but it's the life that she now lives wholeheartedly for Jesus every single day. Martin Luther King Jr. said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. It's like the Indiana Jones uh, clip, Leap of Faith. Google it if you, if you don't know what I mean. Um, but he gets to a cave and he's faced with this huge drop and no way of getting to the other side where he needs to be. And by choosing a, that leap of faith and trust, he took a step. And then as he took a step, a whole bridge opened up before him that was hidden in the dark surroundings. That's what we need to do. Take that first step because that bridge that God puts for us might be hidden in that dark surrounding. So as we finish, I want to declare that I am still confident of this, that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living for me and for you. When I see friends and people I support who are struggling with addictions, I declare that I am confident of this, that I will still see the goodness of God breaking through in the land of the living. When I see family and friends and people in my town of Barrow struggling with mental illness and mental health difficulties, I am still confident that I will see the goodness of God break through in the land of the living. When I see family and friends and people in my town of Barrow hit with a heartache of grief and pain and loss, I am still confident of this, that I will see the goodness of God and God's comfort in the land of the living. Are you getting it? When I see the family and friends and people in my town in Barrow struggling with a health diagnosis that can bring fear or Christian marriages blown apart because of ungodly attitudes or relationships in families so fractured that the most vulnerable in our society, our children, have no voice, it breaks my heart, but... I am still confident at this, that I will see the goodness of God and his healing power and breakthrough in the land of the living. So I'm waiting. God is not done yet. Wait with me. Let's still be confident together. So, as an acknowledgement before God today, even if you don't feel it, even if you don't want to, I would like you to stand if you're able. And as we stand now as an acknowledgement together before God, we are united and we will still have that confidence in this that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living and we will wait and we will be strong in the Lord and take heart because we will wait for God to break through.
yeah, God, I'm just going to pray for these guys and the people at home. Father God, I just thank you that we can take these words directly from this psalm and that we can still be confident no matter what we face, no matter what is there, no matter what drags us down or the circumstances that we are in, we can still be confident of this, that we can stand in your presence and we will see your goodness, not in the distant future, not when we die, not when we go to heaven, if we believe in you, but we will see it. We truly believe that we will see it in the land of the living right now, right where we stand, God, that you have broken through today in the lives of people. Amen.